Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Coog Fan Podcast. My name is Jamie Vinnick. With me, as always, is my partner, Jacob Stevenson, and we are joined today by Washington State and now Tampa Bay Ray first baseman, Kyle Manzardo. Kyle, how's it going? It's going real good right now. I can only imagine. So, for those unaware, Kyle was selected by the Tampa Bay Rays in the second round of the 2021 MLB Draft this past week. Just talk about that for a second. You get the call from the Rays, Kyle, and they tell you we're drafting you here and that you're going to be a professional baseball player. Yeah, man, it was crazy. Um, I think they called it at pick 62 and then uh, selected me like 30 seconds later. So it was uh, it was kind of a dream come true. Pretty pretty surreal feeling. Um, very excited. Had you uh, had you talked to the Rays uh, leading up to the draft? Were they one of the teams that you thought maybe would be uh, in a spot to pick you? Yeah, yeah. I, I had an idea that they were in the mix. I met with them a few days before the draft, and uh, it went it went real well. So I don't know. I knew that they'd be in the mix, but um, obviously, there's a million ways the draft can go. Right. Um, have they talked to you at all about where they uh, they want you to start off position wise and where they want you to go uh, team wise? Um, they haven't yet. I know that I'm going out there, I believe Tuesday, um, or I guess, yeah, I'll get there Tuesday and then start, start doing, uh, doing the thing on Wednesday. Right. That's kind of all now up to this point. And when you, uh, you mentioned you're going to be going out there, are you going to the spring training facility or are you going to Tampa? Um, I don't, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I know that their spring training facility is like 30 minutes from Tampa, I believe. So I'm, I'm not sure, though, which which way I'll be heading. When you, you know, you had such a great season and you started to kind of, you know, really gain this big time interest going into the top top 100. Um, did you kind of have an idea? As you said, the draft can go a million different ways and things can always change. But did you have an idea of where maybe you'd get selected around? Was this kind of where you thought you might go right in, right in around the 60s? Um, I mean, it was kind of on the, the better, I guess, side of the way things could go. Um, I think, uh, I guess I was kind of prepared to go right around 70. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, 63, obviously, seven picks ahead of right around where I was expecting to go. Um, so things definitely went, went real well, uh, for me, but I was kind of expecting between 70 and 80, somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, talk a little bit about the way you've kind of developed as a hitter. You know, your first year, uh, you hit 272 with a couple home runs, you showed a lot of, uh, potential, a lot of flash. We're really good in the shortened season and then came back this year with all kinds of pop, 11 home runs, 19 doubles. Talk about the way that you've kind of worked on your swing and maybe that the coaches have helped you do that a little bit too to get you from, you know, the point of having a bunch of, you know, untapped potential as a youngster to fulfilling that potential and becoming this good. Yeah, so, um, I mean, strength strength and uh, just size size gains probably played the, the biggest part, I guess, on the surface. Um, another huge thing was just... Uh, kind of maturing mentally and just kind of starting to think the game a little bit differently than I had my freshman year. Um, kind of trying to find find patterns within the pitchers and uh, I guess kind of exploit whatever the, whatever information they give me. Those are kind of the two, two big things. Yeah. 
you uh, mentioned giving more, getting more information, using that to your approach. How did the new coaching staff going from uh, 11 wins, I believe your freshman year, 26 wins your uh, junior year, how did just the new coaching staff and how did the, the new, how did that impact your development as a player? I mean, it was, it was huge for me. Um, I don't know. Coach Green really, really helped me kind of find and, and nail down like a, a solid approach. Um, we made some, some mechanical adjustments between uh, my freshman and sophomore season. And then, uh, I don't know, he, he really, I mean, he's kind of the, the one that helped me start start thinking the game differently. It didn't really happen by myself. Is there a guy, and this is always, you know, it can be a tough question, but is there a guy that you maybe try and model your game after, a guy that maybe you watch in the bigs right now that you kind of try and model the way you play after? Uh, a little bit. Um, I like watching uh, a guy like Max Muncy play. Um, just kind of seeing his approach and uh, just kind of the way he, he hits. I like He's probably my favorite guy to watch right now. All right. Um, obviously, one of the things that's been uh, talked about when it comes to you, even outside of baseball, is, of course, the flannel shirts. How's that going to play in the Florida heat? <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds like those are out. I've never been to Florida, so... I don't know. I might, might take one down with me, but might be a little might be a little muggy for that. Uh, you were not yeah, the only Coog drafted. A uh, couple, of you, you were not the only Coog drafted. Uh, your teammate Zane Mills, Brandon White, both picked. Talk about uh, seeing those guys go off the board as well. You guys all kind of came in, came up together, and then you see them get drafted as well to the Cardinals and to the Marlins. Yeah, man, those <clears> are some <throat> some of my best friends. So I'm, I mean, we're all pretty pumped for each other, man. But I'm I'm super stoked for them and. I'm, a little bit jealous because they'll be at the same spring training facility. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. Cardinals and Marlins. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Um, have you signed the official contract yet, or will you do that when you go down to uh, Florida next week? Uh, I have not. I'll have uh, I'll have to get my physical and, and blood work and stuff like that done, and then I should be good to good to sign that. Right. Um, and then, and you said they haven't told you where you might report. I think uh, Charleston's the their their uh, single A team, but they haven't told you that yet or anything. No, no. I think that I'll, I don't know, from what it sounds like, I'll be kind of getting getting ready to play, and then in a couple of weeks they'll end up sending me somewhere. Gotcha. Um, and what are you most looking forward to about uh, making the transition to pro ball and taking that next step? Um, I don't know. I think the most, most important thing for me is kind of just being able to, I guess, give, give baseball my, my all and, I guess, my, my full attention. Because I don't know. Obviously, when you're playing in college, you got to worry about school and keeping the grades up and stuff as well. So I'm excited to be able to, I don't know, just really, really focus on baseball and getting better at baseball. School, man, it's always getting in the way. It's always getting in the way. <laughs> um, last thing I just want to ask you about, and this is more just from uh, some of my own experience. You played in Wilmer last year in the Northwoods League. Yep. Um, I actually, the summer before, broadcasted in Mankato. So just talk about what that was like playing in Wilmer and playing in that in that league and how that maybe helped you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good for me because, I don't know, we, we hadn't been playing any, any baseball. We lost a lot of games uh, in the springtime. And obviously in the Northwoods, you're playing like every day. So I don't know, a lot of scouts that I've talked to have kind of said that 
Um, that's kind of the closest summer league to a, a professional baseball schedule. It's, so it was cool to get a taste of that. Um, and it was fun to just be playing at that point. It was hectic as a broadcaster. I don't know how the players did it playing. I mean, I, I think it was a little shorter uh, last summer, but it was like 72 games in 76 days. Normally, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, we didn't have that schedule. Yeah. You were, you were lucky then because it was, it was tough as a broadcaster. I can only imagine what it was like as a player. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Kyle, uh, I really appreciate you coming on to chat with us. Uh, best of luck going forward with the Pro Ball, and uh, obviously all of Coog Nation is going to be watching and uh, waiting to see you in, in the show one day. Good deal, man. Thanks, yeah. guys. I yeah. appreciate it. Yep, yeah, take Kyle. it easy, Kyle. So that was Kyle Manzardo. Uh, former Cougar star, now a Tampa Bay Ray. Uh, he'll be off to his pro career, as he said, uh, next week, getting that stuff figured out. And, yeah, it's going to be great to watch him, Jacob. He was one heck of a stick uh, with, with the Cougs this past season. It was a big reason that they took such a big jump from 11 wins in their last full season to nine in uh, the shortened season to 26 this year. Yeah, he was a great hitter, and uh, it'll be nice to see him in Tampa Bay. Jimmy, you know who he's teammates now with? Well, he might be teammates with. I mean, there's a lot of guys, but go ahead. All of a sudden, Mike Zanino. Mike like Zanino. There we go. <laughs> Maybe he'll fall in the in the all star uh, the oh, all star yeah. foot of Mike Zanino. Uh, so yeah, that uh, good for him. Good for uh, the other kids got drafted, and uh, best of luck to them. Yeah, we'll use that as a segue into segment two. So that was segment one. As we said last week, we're doing things in in segments now. Um, so yeah, so I think the big thing um, to talk about is that Manzardo was not the only Coug drafted. Uh, Zane Mills was selected in the fourth round uh, with the, I think it was the 120th overall pick uh, by the Cardinals. Uh, Brandon White went in the 12th round to the Marlins. And Noah Owen, who is a signee for the Cougs, went in the 14th round to the White Sox. So I think as we, you could pretty much gather from what Manzardo was saying, he's signing um, and going pro, and I think we all expected that. Regardless, you know, he you get drafted in the second round, you're going pro. I think we can all expect Zane Mills to go pro as well, fourth-round draft pick. But the question will be with Brandon White and Noah Owen, and I think there is something to be debated here. You know, White gets picked in the 12th round. He was taken in the 14th round of high school. Owen gets taken in the 14th round. So are those now, and this will be a curious situation, are they going to sign and go pro? Because if that is the case, Wazoo's rotation gets a little bit interesting next year. Um, but, you know, the, the allure of pro ball is big, and it could potentially, you know, draw some of these guys to to uh, to the big time. The allure of pro ball is big. I don't think you take a guy in the 12th round unless you don't think you're going to sign or you don't think you have a shot to sign, especially mm-hmm. if he has the ability to go back to college. And I know everybody's got the COVID year, but there's a difference of drafting a senior that could come back compared to a sophomore that can come back. But yeah. if they were taken in the 18th and 20th round, I think you got a better chance. But who, who knows, honestly, the 12th round is – I'm sure he's going to get a good chunk of money. And Jamie, do you know how long they have to sign? Oh, boy. I'm thinking – the only the only thing I remember recently is I remember Cal Raleigh, who's the Mariners catcher. Um, they I think it's the – like. Well, at this point, it was he signed July sixth, and I know um, in 2018, I know that was near the deadline. Obviously, the draft was earlier. I think it's a, like a few weeks, maybe a month. I, I would guess probably by the beginning of August is probably when they have to sign. But it's it's just because, different this year. 
Because the draft's because later. Cal, Cal Raleigh was drafted in third round. 18th? Yeah, 18th, third round. And and so he was a was, late sign. So I'm thinking, okay, because I remember people thought he maybe wasn't going to sign. Yeah. So if the drafts, maybe they have three weeks to a month. Probably. I, I would say we'll probably because have. I, I think the draft, let me look at the 2018 draft. I want to say it's the second week of June. Yeah, I think they probably will have, we'll probably know by early August. And, and you know, that's something you keep tabs on, but. I think you make a good point there with, you know, would you draft guys in the 12th and 14th round if you didn't think they were going to sign? Oh, yeah, they have about a month because the MLB drafts on 2018 started June 4th. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing to, to uh, factor in that is, you know, when they when a team, you know, for example, the Marlins calls Brandon White and says we're going to draft you, if White at that point doesn't want to sign, he probably says, hey, I don't think I'm going to sign. Uh, I don't know, and I, I should say, I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but it's possible that it, that it does. That he would tell them he isn't going to sign, so they obviously felt good enough about him signing. They wouldn't just waste the pick on a guy they didn't think was going to sign. Yeah, and I've I've heard from people that if they, so say if they call you in the fifth round, mm -hmm. and they're still going to offer you, I'm just using this in number 100 grand, get you to sign. If they're not going to accept it, like they'll they'll negotiate and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so I, that's like that's what I've been told. So I'm guessing they're not going to pick him, especially if they have years left on the 12th or 14th round, unless they, the Marlins think there's a good chance they're going to sign him. The Marlins is one of the teams. Yeah, and then the White Sox with with Noah Owen. So yeah, I mean, and I someone who I, I talked to who's you know knows knows what's going on in the minors and knows what, he says that he bets they both sign. So it, we very well could be looking at three new arms. Uh, I guess you're already going to be looking at uh, two new arms. Noah Owen didn't actually pitch for the Cougs. Um, he was just committed there. So, you know, you're probably going to be looking at a mix of, you know, Grant Taylor, Elias Farland, Dakota Hawkins, uh, 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 McCabe Cottrell, uh, Tyler Haith. Uh, so there's going to be Duke Brotherton. So if, if White and, and Owen sign, you're probably going to be looking. I mean, the Cougs needed a Sunday starter and a weekday starter last year. So now they're going to have to fill both of those spots while also filling their Friday and Saturday starter role if indeed White and uh, and Mills or White and Owen both sign. Mills, we're assuming, is gone. I, I think it would be an absolute stunner if Zane Mills didn't sign. A fourth round pick, uh, it's something completely unforeseen would have to happen. I, I just I don't see a scenario in, in which it does. Now things always can change, but yeah, there's, there's I will be very very surprised if he doesn't sign. That means something weird happened. Yeah. And sometimes guys just don't. I mean, not in the fourth round, but A.J. Block was drafted in the 17th round in 2019. He elected to come back to school. Um, and then granted, you know, he got he got done in by, by, by COVID happening. Um, he's actually been really good in the minors this year. He blazed through low A, was, is up to high A. He's got a 4-5 ERA, um, you know, kind of pitching above where he would, would have started. So, you know, I don't think it's impossible that Owen and, um, and, uh, and White come back. But I, I think that right now you have to. You're, the Cougs are probably going to be moving forward, thinking that you know, this they could have to you know redesign the rotation and really not only fill the Sunday starter and weekday starter role they needed, but also fill fill in their top two starters without White and without Mills. And it wouldn't shock me to see if see them try and add another JUCO pitcher of some sort. McCabe Cottrell was really good last year at Spokane CC. He will probably uh, be one of the starters. I think Grant Taylor will definitely be a starter as well, but then you still got to fill the three and the four role. So it'll be curious to see where it goes, but obviously it's a, it's a good I mean, for the program, it's a great week, even if you lose these guys, because it, it kind of shows that you're back to a point where you're producing 
you know, uh, draft picks. You weren't doing that for a while. Or if you were, they were late 29th, 30th round type guys. Where instead you've got, you know, the highest drafted player since Scott Hatterberg, the highest drafted pitcher since Adam Conley in 2011. Hatterberg was 91. The first time since 91 that you have two guys in the first four rounds. So, you know, they're, they're certainly, uh, you know, they're certainly making progress in that regard. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you about how not having to redo your pitching staff because guys got drafted and you lost them early. That's yeah. a good problem to have. It's like when guys leave to go to the NBA draft mm-hmm. and you don't expect them to. You expect them to be there for four years and they leave after two years. That's good and it's a good thing for your program. And they'll, If they do leave, they'll figure it out. Yeah, it's one thing to lose these guys because they're getting drafted. Another thing to lose because they're transferring or whatever. So, you know, they'll... They'll have some some adjustments to make. You know, they're going to probably have to replace the pitching. Obviously, they're going to have to replace Kyle Manzardo. I mean, that's that's no easy task. They'll have to replace Tristan Peterson, who graduated. Um, and there will still be the questions about some of the seniors, guys like uh, Colin Montez and and Jack Smith. Will they be back? Um, and, and I think they have a good crop of young talent. Um, you know, we didn't really get to see a full year of Kyle Russell because he was hurt. Uh, Keith Jones flashed a lot. There were some flashes from Kyler Stancato. Uh, Jacob McKean was really good late in the year. They've got Highland Hall coming in, who didn't get, uh, who uh, was not selected. There was rumors that he might get picked. He didn't, so he'll be in the outfield. Um, you know, Cody Colden will be back. He was really good last year. Um, Jake Meyer should be back. Nate Swartz was great down the stretch. So they've got a lot of these bodies, and they're bringing in plenty of of talent too. They've got the number one rated JUCO class. Um, so there, there's certainly going to be talent. It just might it'll be a different looking team. Even if White and Owen, I mean, even Owen would be a different look because he wasn't on the team. Even if White and Owen come back, there'll just be some different faces next year. Yeah, definitely. But anyways, that's going to conclude a, a baseball-oriented uh, Coog Fan podcast. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at KoogFanCom and keep tuned into Coog Fan with all that's going on. And make sure to follow Coog Fan on Instagram. We're building an Instagram presence. Uh, myself, uh, Dallas Hobbs, Calvin Jackson, all a big part of that. Uh, should have a the debut of the Calvin Jackson show, hopefully coming up here in the next couple of days. So stay tuned for that on Instagram Live. And, uh, Cam and Cooper wrote something on for. Uh, yep, well. Cam and Cooper's writing. Yep, and uh, yeah, go read that and uh, go get go check out the Instagram. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and uh, hopefully you'll listen to the next time. Yeah, thanks for everyone for tuning in. This has been Jamie and Jacob on the Cook Fan Podcast, and thanks again for Kyle to Kyle Manzardo for joining us, and the best of luck to him along with Zane Mills, and if and if Brandon White and Noah Owen signed in the, all of their pro careers. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been the Kook Fan Podcast.